Hey everyone, it's Nick Dio here from the 4Ds program. So I moderate and manage the 4Ds at VaynerX, which is a one-day digital immersion that we host at VaynerX offices in New York, LA, London, and soon to be Chattanooga. So during the course of this day, we explore the entire social and digital landscape with businesses, operators, entrepreneurs of all size businesses. And what we've done here on this very special episode is we've taken some of the most frequently asked questions as it relates to personal brand over the course of the last three or four four Ds, and we've put together Gary's responses. And we hope that these insights fuel you and give you a little bit of clarity into what the four Ds entails and, of course, a bit of a peek behind what is a closed door and confidential session. So if you've got any questions about 4Ds or anything that's discussed on this podcast, you can shoot me an email, nick at thesashagroup.com, or feel free to reach out uh, and check out the landing page, vaynermedia.com slash 4Ds. That's 4DS. Enjoy the episode and all of Gary's answers. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. So one thing about 4Ds is we got a ton of B2C, uh, but also B2B businesses in the room. And in this first question, Gary discusses the best way to build personal brand in the B2B space. The only way to build a personal brand in B2B is to bring value to the decision makers that has nothing to do with your direct business. Let me say this because it'll be important for a couple of you. If you think about it, the, my audience for Gary Vee the last six years, seven years, was not mapping to what VaynerMedia was doing. And even Sasha and even 4Ds has been a very passive execution for me because I feel like it's starting to bleed into the people that do follow me, right? The, the way you gain credibility is when the content is bringing value to the audience when it's not a lead gen for your business. When we read the newspaper, advertorial sections don't get us as excited as the regular. The reason I've been successful is I've been able to provide value without expectation in return of business and if the karma or serendipity or if you're friends with the CEO of GE and you're like, you should meet this guy, like the serendipity of the right event worked out. So let me explain what I mean by that. There's reasons why your business is successful. If you started a podcast or started making white papers or putting out content on LinkedIn, which is where you should live, you need to be thinking about who you're trying to reach, which is the decision maker who drives private label. You should almost start a podcast called The Private Label Show, but every guest should have nothing to do with your industry. A show about private labels is not a show that exists and is directly attributable to your business. Now, interjecting when you interview another female executive some of those nuances may be a smarter way to integrate it than making it the pillar of the content. I don't have a Jets show, I don't have a garage sale show, but I do show my other parts of my life in my content. See where I'm going? What I like about you interviewing other people who are the private label provider to Costco for shrimp, frozen shrimp, and she gets to, or he gets to tell you the story of how they did that, now you're just creating a halo of private labeling which inevitably is gonna lead to you. The number one thing you wanna do when you're in B2B content marketing is never make your content about what you're selling and always make so much value for the audience that they click your profile and they do the homework of what you sell. That's what I do. 
That's what works. I'm not asking for the business. I'm putting out as much value in the world. I'm gonna either be right or wrong about TV marketing. I think I'm gonna be right. And as that continues to play out, that's only leading to more opportunity, not less. But I'm never asking people for their direct business in my content. Next up, and we get this one all the time. Gary, I don't have a content team of 30 people. I'm a team of one. What's the best way to start putting out content? Listen up for Gary's answer. Your ambition is, right? So like, you know, that's the most important question. Like for me, the number one ambition for me coming out of school was to repay my parents. So that's what I did. Built a business for my parents for 12 years. Then I went on to my, like, so, like, there's just, the most important question is, what are you trying to do? Like, are you trying to make more money? Are you trying to build a huge company? Are you looking for legacy? Do you want to move to Seattle? I'm sure those will change over time. I, uh, I agree. There are, there are things that I would, I mean, there are things that I would like to do for my parents. They don't need me to take care of them yep. by any means. They've yep. done all right for themselves, yep. and God bless them, but... There's something that I would, I would like to get my dad a Porsche just because I feel like he would have fun in, <laughs> in that car because he drives an SUV for work every day. So does that come in the form of like you just want your business to grow? Yeah, I just want the business to grow. And so being just an army of one and not having maybe what... Facebook what and Instagram here, video content about you being a real estate agent. People struggle, all of you struggle producing content because you think you have to have something to say. And my point is if you just tell me what happened that's more than enough on the delta of not doing anything at all. What I need to get people to understand is most people say, well, my life is boring and I have nothing to say and they just don't put out content. And I'm just like, if you first video of every day was about the Nationals or the Capitals or the Wizards, you will get business. Because I promise you, if you made Jets content and I saw it, I'd buy my house from you. So I make decisions. It's better than not. Right. But but it's a, but but I love that you said I love how quickly you responded. It's a very important moment. Just so you know, 99.999% of everybody who's ever heard anything from me decided not is better than the Wizards thing. So the answer is more volume, but the part that everyone's struggling with is nobody's it's all insecurities. Nobody's listening. I only got two likes. It doesn't look good. Is this is anybody listening to this? Everybody quits. Everybody gets hyped when I hype them like this. Then they do it for 4 days, a week, a month, nothing happens. They're like did you look carefully at the 2009 and 2010 tweets, how much engagement they had? Versus now? Yeah. Did you or not? Uh, no. You know that some of those tweets only had two likes and a share? I did know, yes. Yeah. People forget what my 2009 and 10 looked like. <laughs> <clears throat> Everybody starts with only one like. Here's the tactical part. You put a ton of content, eventually something kind of goes viral and you spend a load of money against it because people prove that they gave okay we're up number three so in this next question what we hear a ton of is businesses and operators that have multiple businesses that have similarities and the question is whether they should consolidate them all under a single roof or name or allow each of them to live independently listen up for gary's answer very quickly got to the poker chips so the business name didn't have anything to do with poker and I never changed it, but over the years I've acquired many of my competitors. So now I'm Nevada Jacks Poker Supply, I'm VR Pro Poker, I'm Palm Gaming, but they're still all separate. Okay. So 
I don't know if I should, being that it's still 55% of the business is poker, would you say I should combine all and start maybe ABC poker or something? Why? That's the most important. Because it's so fragmented. For who? For you on the back end, for the consumer? I think for the consumers. For us, it's not a problem. So for the consumers, what do you think happens? Um, They get confused, I believe. Why? Because we've got different products on different sites. So we don't have all the same. Do they know that they're even associated? Some people do, some people don't. The question is, does it matter? Does it matter? And then what are you trying to accomplish? You know, like, you know, to me the reason to consolidate is you've got a big commitment to building a brand and that when you flip it, there's gonna be a delta on the brand value. Right, so when you sell a business or when you value a business, there's the EBITDA of like, here's the profit. And then there's a thing above it, which is what's the brand worth, right? The reason to consolidate is to build a brand. I would not call it ABC. I would create a brand, right? That would be the biggest reason to consolidate, in my opinion, based on what you're saying. I don't have any intention of selling. Then, then there's no crazy reason other than maybe you just want to manage one site. Maybe you're curious on what it's going to mean. Maybe there are some curiosities of like, but like, you know, if you think about it, I assume these are web-based driven businesses, right? You're going to give up. Right, that's why I because. And you're not giving me a compelling reason to. If you're gonna give up all that SEO juice, all that brand equity, all the people that, and I'm gonna guess 80% don't give a or know that you have seven other sites and now you're gonna consolidate them all and they're gonna, you know, like type in what, you know, Palm, whatever, and it redirects to this. I know what, but then it's like, ah, that's not my, dude, let me tell you a great story about Wine Library. We built a new store on the same plot of land and everybody decided it was a different store and that we were more expensive and we dropped prices. <laughs> People don't like change. The second you redirect, they're gonna be like, this is, somebody bigger bought my people and now it's more expensive. Or not as good, you know? Right. I just don't see the value unless you've got a strategy for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does it make sense? Yes, it does. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, guys. So number four is actually one of my personal favorite topics. Um, You know, it's something that we discuss at length, the difference between personal brand and your business uh, in 4Ds. And obviously, Gary has a big opinion on this one. So this question is the difference between your personal brand and your business brand. Yeah, I I think the reason that works for me and I think it's something that I recommend is I just don't think about it. Yeah. I think people think there's, try to overthink it. You know, like, live your life. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, it's, it's uh, similar to the advice I gave you. There's a lot of people that wouldn't have given the advice that I just gave you. The business book ideology is consolidated. There's a lot of people that are giving you advice about your personal brand and your businesses that went to business school and are executives and companies and they give advice. The reason I love this session, this part, is I get to give you contextual advice after you've been watching higher level theoretical advice for a while. I listen, right, and then I answer. So like, you know, people like, Gary, this is the favorite of every smart person I know. 
Gary, what happens to Vayner if you get hit by a bus? And I go, it goes out of business. And they're flabbergasted. They're like, what's your contingency plan? I'm like, life insurance. (laughs) They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, when I die, if I died by a car accident right now, it's really awesome that I bought so much life insurance based on my potential earnings that my family will at least achieve some percentage of that ROI, which I'm not even that pumped about because I'm on the new kick of not giving my kids anything, let alone, <laughs> like, I'm on a whole different, I used to make fun of Warren Buffett and Bill Gates for giving, like, cause I come from immigrant, it's like, you give your family, like, right? I was like, those, now I'm like, they're brilliant. Your kids are losers, like, on day one if you give them too much. Anyway, nonetheless, I say to them, it goes out of business, and they're flabbergasted. I'm like, bro, let me, and then I go into like, and usually these are non-entrepreneurs giving advice. I go, let me tell you something about Nike and Amazon and Puma and Chase Bank. It is far more likely that the CEO of Coca-Cola turns every six, seven years than me getting hit by a bus. And the second it does, that company changes forever. Like, I don't care what happens to VaynerMedia when I'm dead. I'm I'm died. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, 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 people are so confused. So anyway, back to this answer. Blend them. Play. What? When a company comes to try to buy it, they're gonna want you there for three years anyway and lock you in to be the executive that hands it off anyway. And so whatever personal brand equity you have, you're gonna be able to trade on at best, guess what? When you leave after three years, you'll still have your personal brand and start your next I moved very seamlessly from wine to marketing and I'll move very seamlessly from marketing to sports car dealer, (laughs) you know. Number five, so Gary's well known as Gary V on the internet, but he's also the CEO and chairman of VaynerX, which has a whole portfolio of brands and businesses underneath of it. So he gets this question a lot in 4Ds, how do you balance the brand of your company and actually doing the work for your clients. How to build personal brand while still executing on the work that you need to do for your clients and business. Listen up for Gary's answer. Great. So one thing I was really curious about is, you know, as we are a young agency and, you know, we're starting to build ourselves up, um, kind of finding the line between like, you know, building up, and this might tie into the personal branding thing that we're going to have, but the line between like putting our work and our time into building our brand mm. and then how do you balance that with like you know the work that is driving revenue like your client work and you have to do both yeah <laughs> it's hard in the beginning but the answer is both the client is subjective yeah. so you got to be thoughtful that you're not deciding how much time and effort you have to put into the work you can make a video, I mean, look, you're a creative. You know this. You can make something that takes you 13 minutes that they think is the most remarkable thing they've ever seen and you can do something that's your life's work and then you walk in and they're like, this is a piece of mm-hmm. You're in the complete subjective game. So you have to use the advantages of that while recognizing the disadvantages of it. Understand? Are you a perfectionist because you're insecure and you spend two more hours editing something because of your own ideological nature of perfection which could have been used to work on your brand? Mm-hmm. Or are you not? Got it? Yep. You know, a lot of creatives don't like to hear speed and output and quantity matters. And I'm sure it's a friction on my own team. I'm looking at D. Like, it's, you know, like when people, because, what, four months now, three, five? Like, when you first come in, it's like, look, like, I've, I'm so respectful. Of, I, I think creative is the variable of success. 
So it's really funny because I don't look the part of like the champion of a creator, right? But it really is what I believe and it's, and it's what I am. I also equally believe in output and speed. There's such a practical part to me. It's no different than what I just said. It's, I'm saying the same things over and over, both. Like if you break everything down, it's both. It's always both. The answer's both. <laughs> it's why we have a problem in this country. People think it's left or right. The answer's both. Every, for, I can't believe how much our, our country now believes it's one or the other. It's nuances of both. The good nuances. It's just hard to, you know, for one, so anyway, so the answer is both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So when it comes to like, I mean. If you're not building brand, you're not creating funnels that give you new business in a way that's passive. Mm-hmm. If you're not delivering on the quality work, you're not retaining. Right. It's like eating in the old days. You have to hunt and farm. Mm-hmm. The answer is both. So like, what does that mean? More hours? Or hire more people. Like if you know, it's not super complicated. Mm-hmm. Or the one that, because those are tough. Both being efficient with your actual time. Mm-hmm. When people come in here, how many of my employees are like, "I need somebody on this account." I'm like, "I'm not giving you somebody on that account," and they're mad. They're like, "You try to burn me out." I'm like, "No, you're on Reddit for an hour a day." <laughs> Number six. So for many of you listening, uh, your personal brands are heavily integrated with your business. Now, it's, uh, it's an often question in 40s. How does Gary view the integration of his personal brand and the overlapping with the multiple businesses that he runs? Listen up for Gary's answer. It's very personally branded. And we discuss this all the time about at some point, Mania was Gary. And how do we remove him? 98% of people that work here still think that's our biggest problem. Right, right. So let's talk about that for a couple, the reason I answered you that way. 98% of the people here feel that I'm too far ahead. If they can't, even, most people don't care about it, but like the people that are trying to help this company, like my direct reports and like most of the feedback, we had a new head of comm, we were hiring a new head of comms, I interviewed a lot of people. It was the number one thing they wanted to talk about. Gary's so excited if I get this opportunity. I'm so excited to like, you know, build up the brand of Vayner so it's not just now. There's things that come along with that. You know, if he hates it too much or loves it too much, both are a problem. Mm-hmm. So, got it? So I don't know. Like the answer is you're fine in theory, more than you can imagine. Okay. But we're at the vulnerability of him as a human. Yeah. And, and if he hates it too much, it's stressful, he doesn't want somebody to take a selfie or like clients call him instead of the people you build around. Yeah. Or, if he likes it too much and he becomes a caricature of himself and he gets high in his own supply. I get real high. Yep. So that, that's the answer to that question. Yeah. So what we're trying to do mistakenly is we think it's a logical problem that we need to resolve as he's the bottleneck of the company, but in actual fact it's an emotional problem where if he's not emotional about it, he is who he is and the 1% is full 1%. Because I'm, I'm the brand, people want me, people want my strategy oversight. Did, did, did Lynn approve this? So that's where you're making an operational mistake. Yeah. So one thing I did not make an operational mistake about is nobody gets me. Mm. And never was it promised. Now, 
if you, you know, if Pepsi comes along and says, well, we'd like you for these three, like we want you for, like it's all negotiable, but it was never in play. Right, and you make that clear from the beginning so I don't become the bottleneck. The end. And that you don't get Right, they made a decision. I told them right to the face, you do not get me. I do not work on any account, I'm not here. I'm in the bad phone business. That better be bad phone Like the Joker's choking someone. Not there's a puddle in the street, Batman. You know what I mean? I'm in the Batman business, but um, <laughs> I was, where did this come from? <laughs> where does this come from? <laughs> Oh man, but it's, but it's like, it, I like communicating in that way because it makes it obvious. You know, like even though it's funny and ridiculous, it's very clear of what I'm telling you. You want to call me because your business is in real trouble or like you're super upset with the people managing your business, like we can have that combo. But I'm not gonna review that tweet. Okay. <laughs> Expectations up front, which takes humility from the person. The, the thing that most people are unable to see about me until they really get closer is the humility part that comes along with the confidence, you know? Question number seven. So this is one we get a ton of in 4Ds. People wanna know how much of an investment should they be making into their personal brand? Not just money, but time, effort, energy, and focus. Here, Gary talks about the type of investment you should make into your personal brand and what he calls the halo effect. Identity deal uh, problem. So I've got uh, my company's Blind Zebra. That, you get that, right? Yes, I get it. Thank you. Uh, and I do, I'm doing sales training, sales coaching for myself in Indy for 22 years. I've intentionally wanted to be an independent, just me, shing, single shingle, lifestyle biz. Down and done. Good for you. Two years ago, I'm like, you know what? There's no reason not to scale this. <laughs> Good for you too. Sorry, By the way, I love that story. I think that's one thing that I wish more people understood. Yeah. You can change your mind. Yeah. And especially, I'm the only guy at the table with readers, I think. So I get it. The old days, so. I get it. Um, so I, I've got, here are, the, here are the brands, and I want to get your opinion on, okay, if I handed them to you, where, what's the first two things you think about? Sales training, sales coaching, keynote speaking. Um, I am, my wife and I are flying to uh, San Francisco to launch a wine biz. I have business ADD. Uh, we'll meet with John Wilkinson from the Bend of Bottle Amazing. Guys. You're going to say, well, the same guys. It's a sports-oriented in a can. Love. Sports people, blind zebra. It's going to be named for referee calls. Love it. It's going to be called a legal <laughs> substitution. Here we go. I'm Bubbles, in for a case. Bubbles, Can't wait. touch it. Okay, you're, you're in. Uh, we're doing, uh, in the fall, launch a thing called Hustle Fest. Okay. Because it turned into my full, uh, yep. real hustle. And a lot of guys in the need, Gary Brackett, Pat McAfee, done the same thing. Gonna rent out a place, do that. That's also fast. And I've been doing podcasting for 14 years. I've got 650 episodes in sales. It's called the Man Selling Podcast. I've got a partner in that business. Um, got a decent uh, LinkedIn tribe. We've got about 11,000 people in, the, in a group. And we've got about 5,000 people on email list. And I personally went heavy in LinkedIn early on. And I've got about 11,000 LinkedIn connections. That's my big, just my, my own personal individual uh, deal. Um, so that's the lay of the land. Now I'm trying to figure out, okay, what and... Well, what would you like to happen? Uh, so if I said to you yeah, that, right. you know, it, just in business, you'd like yeah. to do more revenue. Yeah. So if I just said... There's, they're all, they're separate. Yeah, I get separate answers for each one. So the sales training thing will be scaled. So I've got this public program called Training Camp. Everything's around football with the brand. And so I want, I've got Training Camp in Indy. You know, and, and, so, and so I want. We have training camp in Chicago, training camp in Columbus, Ohio. How are you going to do York, that? Uh, certified coaches like me. I've got the contents already built. 
I just need to go out and then we're going to feed uh, leads to them. It's going to be the stickiness that we'll have. Franchise? Leave. I don't know if it's going to be a franchise, that complicates something similar to that. Yep. Um, speaking, I just need an agency to rep me. Um, I just don't do anything to promote myself. There's no, there's no agency that wants to rep anybody who hasn't created the leverage for themselves first. Right. Doesn't exist. Is there is it is a is a podcast with 150,000 downloads a month enough leverage or not? Got to be bigger. No, it's not that. What is it? It you need to be speaking. Oh, I am. Good. Do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do more. Yeah, yeah. And right. film the shit out of it and put it out. Yeah. Got it. Yep. Yep. Uh, the wine business is a distribution business. Um, we've got I think 80 colleges that are opening up. Uh, alcohol sales, you got NFL, NHL, uh, Major League Baseball, and you go to a tailgate or, you know, there's no, there's no want sports specific wine, and it's in a can, so it's single use, and it, uh, our NFL fan is turn, flipping to female more than male. You know how political that's gonna be to get distribution, right? Uh, yeah. It's really political. It's really you know the three-tier system, right? Yeah, I've got, uh, I came from Procter & Gamble on the sales side. Yep. So I understand that side of it. The only difference is side. it's uh, it's actually completely different than, yeah, yeah. than CPG from the standpoint of the distributor has yeah. the leverage, not the creator of the product. Yeah. Because of the prohibition laws in place. Yeah, yeah. So for you to, for the San Francisco Giants to serve it at their, you know, yeah. you know, Young's Market or Southern, like, the, the, there's, it's an extremely difficult business. Yes. I just want to make sure you're going in eyes wide open and not yeah. make too much the first year. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. Uh, John said the same thing. Good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, and this Hustle Fest is a brandable thing too. Uh, to, it's to, a conference. To, yeah, yeah, it's a conference. Look, I mean, it's all this, listen, you obviously, yeah. I mean, you can imagine, based on what you just said, how native this question is for me. Yeah. You know, I'm going to give advice that I think, that I live, which is, you need to build up as much personal brand equity as possible yeah. to then funnel into these energies. Yeah. I, I believe the way to do that is to invest in your personal brand. That means produce content and spend media to amplify it. The biggest mistake people are making right now is they're relying on organic, on their personal brand, because that feels like the right thing to do. Yeah. There, there's almost like this badge of honor of like they get their traffic from organic. It's actually the reverse. It's a super non-strategical move to not amplify media when media is underpriced. Great. You should be spending as much money as you can afford. Yeah. Amplifying your content on LinkedIn. Yeah. Hey, podcast listeners, uh, big ups. I'm putting on my Gary Vaynerchuk, CEO of Vayner Media hat right now, not the Gary V that all of you love so much, or at least are curious of, or actually are starting to hate. I I have no idea how you feel, but I love you. Nonetheless, nonetheless, um, uh, a $10,000 immersion day where you come in and you learn from our creative team, our media team, our consulting strategy team, like just a complete get in here, kind of like Disney and Zappos does, have your company pay for a $10,000 consulting strategy day here in New York City. We're also now doing it in London. Details are on VaynerMedia's site, vaynermedia.com slash 4Ds, slash services slash 4Ds. Can you create a Gary V's? Create a Gary V for me. Hold on, everyone. Stick with me here. DRock's going. If not, I'm going to create a Gary V. Great. VaynerMedia.com slash 4DS, right? Yeah. 
VaynerMedia.com slash 4DS, the 4Ds. I want to make sure the podcast world knows about it. VaynerMedia.com slash 4DS or GaryVaynerchuk.com. Hit the events tab. Come and check out the 4Ds. I'd love to see you in New York or London. Go see the dates. Sign up. This will change your business. See ya.